Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are diving into our second podcast on this book, Core 52, um, which is just your 15-minute daily guide uh, to build your Bible IQ in a year. Um, Like I said earlier in the first podcast that I did on this book, it is written by a guy by the name of Mark E. Moore. So I just want to give proper credit where it's due. Um, This has been a really influential book for me and for my life and um, especially the past past year or two. Um, but originally, I decided to start doing this little series and I wanted to do it every Sunday, but um, some circumstances came up in my life and I have been relatively sick for about the past month or so. And um, long story short, stuff starting to clear up with me. But the the irony in this entire situation is that it has actually motivated me to tackle one of these chapters, which I think um, was maybe just God speaking to me even in this moment. So um, our our chapter is, like I said, we are skipping around a little bit, um, so not going from first chapter just to second chapter, but actually chapter 48, which is overwhelming worry. Okay, so um, like I said, I had some health issues, and um, these health issues, although I am now fine, did stimulate a lot of worry into my life. Um, That was just unnecessary worry now looking back at it. But at the time in a situation where that I was in, where I'm in the hospital, um, it's hard not to, it's hard not to worry. It's hard not to wonder why you're there. It's hard not to be worried about your own health, be worried about just the circumstances that you're in in that moment. And, uh, so like I said, I felt, I felt pretty touched, um, after this entire moment and I'm starting to see the good that can really come out of this and what I can take away from it. So um, I thought that, you know, this was maybe a moment where God was speaking to me and um, I could share some of my thoughts and go along through this book also and share some of the thoughts that this author had. So this book, something cool about it is that it starts out with a um, passage right here from the Bible for every chapter that is directly related to the chapter. So um, I'm going to read this because it, it, it is, uh, it's powerful. Don't, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Okay, so this is, this is important because I feel like as humans sometimes, and Ironically, this chapter touches a lot on this this basic premise, but um, we we don't like to necessarily ask God for a lot. You know, um, me personally, I feel like I mess up often, probably more than I should. Uh, but with that, I don't like to sit here and pray and be like, God, do this for me. God, do that for me. Because I feel like at times... I'm already causing God enough drama, you know, like I, whether it's, 
um, silly decisions that I make or um, just just actions that I take that I'm like, man, that was just not a good look. You know, it's it's easy to sit there and be like, who am I to ask for anything? Who am I to ask for anything in this moment? You know, I'm just, I'm a sinner. I'm not as good of a person as I feel like I should be at times. Um, and I'm not hating on myself, but it, it's easy to have these thoughts of like, man, why, why? I are just not even thoughts, just like a, like a guilty conscience for trying to ask God for too much. So um, I thought that that was really touching because God cannot, God cannot give you the help you're needing or the help you're looking for unless you really ask for it. Um, I mean, obviously he knows what's going on in our lives every day, but you have to submit that to God. You have to go to him and say, God, I, I give you these problems. I give you these issues. These are in my life and I submit them to you. Um, they're not things that I fully either trust that I can handle myself or they're things that I just need your help with. I, I, want, I want you to take this burden off of my shoulders and I want you to help me in my life. So by submitting, submitting your worries to God, by getting rid of your anxiety and letting God know through your prayer and thanksgiving, your requests, then this, this allows God to have a connection with you where he can come into your life you're giving him permission. You know, if you don't want a relationship with God, then why should God want to come into your life and solve your problems for you when you haven't even asked for his help in the first place? So uh, I think I think that's that's something to think about, you know? I think that's always the, the, the first step. If you're ever worried about anything, if you're ever anxious about anything, is just, just submit that to God. Let him know, God, I want your help with this. And you will be amazed at the amount of just calmness that will fill your body. It's just like a burden being lifted off of your shoulders. And who better to do that than God? Than God. He can do anything. So submit, submit your worries to Him. Submit your anxieties to Him. And let Him know that you need His help. Because we are helpless at, at times and moments. So, you know... There's just nothing. There's nothing better than you that you can do in this situation. But um, back to the book. Back to the first, or back to that chapter of the book. Um, I, something that I kind of thought was very, very interesting at the start is that it talks about how worry is triggered by circumstances, and it's not caused by the circumstances. So it's triggered, not caused. Okay, so. You can have the worst circumstance in the world, but if you don't let it cause the worry in you, then you won't have worry. But if that, if that worry stimulus is triggered and you allow it to come into your life and you allow it to directly affect you, then that's where, that's where the, the worry comes. That's where the uh, self-doubt, the anxieties build up because you're allowing that situation to trigger a personal feeling on the inside of you. There's no, there's no situation in life where something bad happens that instantly is, is worry. Worry is something that is in our own heads that we create, okay? So as this book also talks about, the greatest worries are caused 
often by comparison, not necessarily by needs. Okay, so I think this is this is meaning greatest worry is often caused by comparison. You th- you think about social media if you're scrolling through social media. You're, uh, you're anxious because you see successful people driving the cool cars you want. You see successful people in the cool clothes that you want. You see all of these situations that you are instantly comparing yourself to. And you're thinking, oh, I'm so anxious. I, I'm, so, I'm so worried now about my own success because I don't have that. And all of these other people have it. Okay, so like... If you allow that thought to come in and to corrupt your head, to corrupt your mind, to corrupt your soul and your heart, then you're doing it to yourself. You're doing it to yourself. You're by scrolling through social media. And if that's something that affects you greatly, you are just allowing that little worry bug into your mind, into your heart, into your soul. And you're doing it consciously every day. Every time you get on that app, that you make you make that decision, you make that decision, and uh, something pretty pretty interesting. King Solomon says in uh, Proverbs chapter twelve, verse twenty five, is that anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. And this kind of takes us into a a particularly interesting um, statistic that I found where. It's kind of saying that uh, this article, it's from Stanford um, by a, a lady by the name of Aliyah Crum. She's a PhD and assistant professor in um, psychology. And she, she talks about how from the past 30 years, they've, they've learned a lot of information on the placebo effect. And if you're not familiar with that, um, it's basically like in specific studies, medical studies, they will give certain patients a pill that is actually the drug that they're testing. And then they will give the other half of the patients a, just a sugar pill. A, it's called a placebo, sugar pill. So it's kind of to um, get a baseline. You know, um, we talk about in science class in fourth grade, independent, dependent variables, uh, control groups. That like the placebo is the control group, basically. Not basically, it is. But um, so for the past 30 years, of studying placebo effects, they found that the placebo effect actually triggers specific areas in your brain that produce physiological effects that lead to healing outcomes, okay? So an example of this would be um, if you're told that, okay, take this drug and in a day or two you should start feeling better. By hearing that word, by hearing that phrase, the in a day or two you'll start feeling better, it's actually triggering something in your brain that starts the healing process because it, it, it gives you a confidence. It gives you, a, it gives you the, the, uh, the extra push that's like, here, trust this. You will get better. It's reassurance. It's reassurance, which is very, very powerful. And I don't think people realize how powerful our brains truly are. So uh, that's, that's extremely interesting. There's um, other studies where people are told an injection will hurt extremely bad and come to find out those patients actually rate the injection pain way worse than patients who are not told anything about it or patients who are told that, oh, it'll just be a light prick. It's nothing serious. And so um, you can also see this in the COVID hysteria that we've had the past 
<clears throat> two to three years. You know, everybody's told, oh, this is the worst virus ever. Oh, we always have to wear masks. We always have to do this, that. I don't care about all of that politics aside everything because this is a spiritual podcast, but that thought process is so toxic. And I think that's why we saw a lot of people just just filled with anxieties, filled with worries for the past two to three years is because that it's instantly letting something affect you by thinking that it's it's the worst thing ever before you even contract the illness or maybe you never even will contract the illness but you have in your head already this this fake sense of scaredness of worry anxiety and i i i've seen it all around me you know people are double mass they're too they're way far away from everybody and everybody has different personal experiences everybody has different personal situations so i respect everybody's choice you can do whatever you want but my point is that that is a perfect example of humans just just worrying just freaking out instantly and being like hey you should be worried about this you've never had it but you need to be worried every day about it. And that's just so toxic for society. So toxic to teach people every day, every day of their lives to live scared, to live afraid, because it it's, I mean, the placebo effect right there, there's studies that show what it does. This is the opposite of that. It's saying, you know, this will hurt you worse. This will be worse for you. And so anytime you allow that to happen, bad things are going to happen. Anytime that you allow that into your life and you allow that thought process into your head, then more likely, it's more likely that bad things are going to happen. You're going to have a more negative mindset. And uh, that's just not good. It's just not good whenever you're trying to live a healthy, happy life. Okay, so um, now we're going to sort of backtrack and think about kind of where this whole idea of worrying even started. Okay. Ironically enough, it starts at the very beginning of the Bible, the uh, in the Garden of Eden, okay? So, uh, Mr. Moore from the book claims that um, in Genesis 3, verse 5, in the Garden of Eden, Eve was determined to be like God, okay? And by this, he means that Adam and Eve both wanted to rule themselves, okay? And as a result... They took on all of the stress of having to control time, their destiny, and their morality. And so you can see this in your own, in your own daily life. We all try to do this today, but we can't. We cannot control these things. It's a, it's a, it, we want to feel strong. We want to feel like we're the ones who can make all of the decisions for ourselves, that we can fix ourselves. And in turn, this puts the folk, this takes the focus away from us having confidence in God taking care of our problems to now it shifts the focus to us trying to solve our own problems all the time. Okay? So you have flawed human beings trying to solve their own problems. How do you think that's going to work out? <laughs> I mean, that's why we worry. That's why we're anxious. And so... Jesus kind of elaborates more on this whole worrying, uh, anxiety topic uh, whenever he, he speaks in parables about sowing seeds, 
Okay, so Matt, the first, the one that particularly, there's, um, I believe, four or five different examples about seeds that are sown. You know, there's one in rock, there's one in good soil. Um, and then the one we're going to pay attention to particularly is the one, the seed that is sown into thorns. So when Jesus, this is a parable, Jesus is talking about um, us when he's speaking about the seed being sown. And so Matthew 13, verse 7 said, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Okay, so <clears throat> he kind of goes on. That was just first laying the groundwork. But then in Matthew 18, verse 22, he says, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Okay? So the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. So you may be thinking right now, oh, I'm, I'm a devout Christian. I, I'm very, very thorough. I hear the word. But this can still directly affect you because you can let the worries of life, the worries that were, in, were instilled in our lives whenever Eve, Adam and Eve made the decision to take the bite of the apple and to take, to take on those worries, to take on everything, all of the responsibilities that God had and uh, that God had been taking care of for them. Those are, those are the worries that we were essentially handed by taking the bite of that apple and being like, we want to do this for ourselves. We can control ourselves. We want to be like you, God. We're strong. We're powerful. We want to be like you. Man. So the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So this is basically kind of just saying worry can easily choke you out. And from personal experience in my own life, if I'm worrying, it, it, al it always puts me in a greater tendency to question God, to question my path, to question what's happening to me in this moment. While I'm sitting in the hospital on oxygen, it's like, what, why? Why am I here? What did I do to deserve this, God? I'm, I'm worried, I'm frightened, I'm scared. Um, Whatever it may be for you in, in any situation, it's always, I feel like humans always have a tendency to just be like, why me? What did I do to, to deserve this, you know? And instead of, instead of just submitting your worries to God and being like, God, be with me in this moment. I don't know what's going on right now, but I'm, I, I trust in you. I trust in this, I trust in this, uh, in in your ability to help me, in your ability to save me, in your ability to, to heal me. You have to submit those things to God. You have to. Because if you don't, it just pushes you away from God in a time when you need Him at the most. And that's how Satan influences our lives every single day. He puts you in bad situations, and then it's a test to see how you react and to see if you come back to God or to see if you run away from God. And unfortunately, I've been in situations where I've, I've ran. I've ran. And what does it do? It, it helps nothing. It, it, quite frankly, it makes your situation worse. It does, almost every time. Every time. So in these situations where you have something bad going on, you know, you're worried about money, you're worried about your kids, you're worried about your own health, you're worried about whatever it may be, food, 
submit those to God. It goes back to that first verse. Don't be anxious. Let your request be known to God. Okay? So the point being is that Jesus says, don't be anxious, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You have to seek God first. Don't think about yourself and think about how you can fix your problems. Seek God, submit your problems to God, and in return, God will help you. You just have to let him know that you want him to help you. You just have to let him know. He's there for you. He's there for you. He always has been. But if you run away from God in times of worry and need or at the first, the first sign of trouble, it will do nothing good for your situation. Okay? Psalm, another, another example, Psalm chapter 55, verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Never permit the righteous to be moved. If you trust in God, he will never permit you to be moved. Another example, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God does care for you. He wants that relationship to you. Whether it's God trying you or Satan trying you, I don't. it, it depends on how you look at the situation. But the key takeaway from that is that you have situations in your life where you go through bad things, bad things happen, life happens. That, that is life. It's, it's coming upon a situation and figuring out how to navigate that situation in the best way possible. And although I'm only 24 years old um, and I, I suck at heeding to my own advice at most times, I'll admit it, whatever, but you have to... You have to learn to truly trust God and to truly take this bad situation and try to see what good is going to come from it. Because if you don't think about what good is going to come for it, from it, you run into this next next uh, next issue, um, which is just like you then have to conquer all of those negative thoughts. You have to conquer those negative thoughts because, for example, neuroscientific research shows that. You have you have protein branches in your, okay. First off, you have protein branches in your brain, and neuroscientific research shows that you actually store thoughts on those protein branches. So this this actually means that you when you have a thought and you ruminate in that thought and you let that thought just continue to roll in your head, to just fill up space in your head, to just you just it's hard not to. It's hard not to just let let bad negative thoughts just just keep roaming in your head. But th- those thoughts, the more time that you give them, the more space the it's actual physical the more physical space they are taking up in your brain because they're getting stored on those branches. So it's actually taking a a stimulus, like I said, worry worry is triggered by some form of stimulus, some form of exterior stimulus. So how you react on that is very important because if you take that external stimulus and you put it into your brain and you let it affect you, then you're actually clearing out space in your brain and putting in negativity. You're, 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 you're limiting yourself. You're, you're turning your brain toxic in a sense, liter- quite literally. And so the more you dwell on that specific thought, it's basically the more, it means the more real estate that it's going to take up. 
So you might be asking, so what do I do then? What do I do? Do I just sit here and try not to think bad thoughts because then, I don't know, you're talking to me about some brain real estate stuff? I don't, that don't make a whole lot of sense to me. No, I mean, that's not the answer. You, don't, you, can't, you can't just get rid of all of your negative thoughts. That's not easy. It's not easy to do. It's not what I'm asking you to do. It's not what this book is saying. The point is, you can't really control your anxiety or negative anxiety or negative thoughts. So what you actually have to do is you have to be proactive and you have to counteract those negative thoughts and form positive thoughts. And it's much easier said than done. But if you're sitting there and you're like, "Man, I'm I'm in." I'm in this situation. Um, all of these bad things are happening to me. I don't know what to think about it. Like that is just negativity building up. And so you, it's life is completely about perspective, people. Life is completely about perspective. You have to think, I'm in this situation for a reason. I don't know what that reason is, and it's not for me to know what that reason is. But what I'm going to do from this very moment on is I'm going to be the as positive as I can I'm going to take down the situation and I'm going to throw it in the dirt and I'm going to get up from this and I'm going to be stronger than ever because I learned a lesson from this situation. You have to be positive. You have to. You know, for me, like I'm sitting in a hospital, okay? I'm sitting in a hospital bed and I can't tell you how many times genuinely that I had a doctor or a nurse, or a respiratory therapist. First off, I want I want to say this with a disclaimer. I received amazing treatment, and I love I love all of the healthcare workers at the hospitals. Uh, um, they're all truthfully amazing, and those are some of the most caring individuals you will ever meet in your life. I mean, to be able to to just to work in a career field where you're just constantly having to help people who are in who are down and down at a very low level at their life, you know, nobody wants to be in a, in a hospital and they are just offering such superior care. They always have a smile on their face. But one thing I noticed that really, really got into my head at that moment in the hospital was when every doctor that came in or every nurse that came in or every respiratory therapist that came in always would mention, it's so strange what's going on with you, but the most strange part about it all is that you're 24 years old and you're otherwise healthy and we can't figure out what's wrong with you. Nothing's showing up. And so that that right there, you're 24 years old and we just can't figure out what's wrong with you. That is so scary. Like that is such a, that is just such a toxic thought to be let into your mind. It's like, hey, you're 24, you're young, you're supposed to be healthy, you're not supposed to be in here. There's something wrong with you. Like something something is wrong with you. And at first, the first couple times I heard that, I was like it just sent it sent just so many bad thoughts into my head and into my heart where I was just like, man, maybe there is something like truly like wrong with me. And obviously there was something wrong with me because I was sick. But like, it hits a little deeper in your soul. You're like, gosh, they're kind of, maybe they're right. Like, I'm 24 years old. What is, what is wrong with me? Why am, I, why am I like this right now? And I could have sat there 
And I could have ruminated on that, on that toxic thought of, man, I'm 24. I could have taken it one step far, further and said, man, I'm 24. Why, why is something wrong with me, God? Why, why am I in this situation? But you can't do that. What, what good does that do? What good does that do? Because what I noticed, I'm very, I try to be very in tune with my body at all times. So I, and also they had all kinds of sensors on me and everything. But the first couple times I heard that, I instantly felt the, ch- the stress start to fill in my chest. And it felt like a weight was just being placed on my chest. You know, and I'm sitting there ruminating that thought in my head of, you're 24. What is wrong with you? Genuinely, what is wrong with you? Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. And almost in- instantaneously, my oxygen levels were harder to keep up at a higher level. My heart rate went up as well. And it that to me just shows me that words can have an actual physical effect on your body. Thoughts can have an actual physical effect on your body. And at that moment, the biggest thing that I did was I put in ear- I put in earphones, I turned on some spiritual music, And I just closed my eyes and I just said, just deep breaths, just God, you're with me. God, you're with me. Um, Be here with me. God, help me. Just fill my soul, come into my life and just, just help me to breathe, help me to heal, help me to be calm, take this stress away from me, take this anxiety away from me. And I just did that for 30 minutes, hour, until I basically fell asleep. But had I not done that, I don't know if I would have been able to fall asleep in that moment. And so that was just a particularly powerful moment for me that I think kind of led me to reading this chapter um, and also sharing with you guys all of this because it just showed me that the exterior stimulus of doctors, nurses, telling me that something is wrong with me and that something should not be wrong with me because I'm 24 years old took me on a steep decline and I could have sat down there in that hole and I could have thought, poor me, poor me, poor me, a 24-year-old in the hospital. But what I did was I flipped that around and I said, you know what, God, I trust you. I trust you. I trust that you're going to heal me because you got my back. And you know what? Regardless of how the situation turns out, I'm putting my faith in you because who better? Who better to put my faith in than you, God, than you? You know what? I turned it around and I said, I'm 24. What the hell do I know? Excuse my language. What do I know? Nothing. So why am I going to sit here and try to act like Eve in that garden and try to be like God and try to take care of everything on my own? I'm not. I'm not strong in moments, in certain moments, but I am strong with God. I'm invincible with God. You are too. Everybody's invincible with God. It's all about how you let stuff affect you. It's all about perspective. And it's all about what you put in your mind and what you let fill your head. It is. It's as simple as that, guys. It really is. And and that's where it's just, if you... It's not, and it's it's something that you have to actively do. You have to affirmatively put positive thoughts into your own head to cancel out those negative thoughts, to cancel out the worry, the anxiety. You can't, because if you don't, if you don't put positive thoughts in place of that, 
that anxiety is just more likely to come back. So it's, it's a constant battle. It's a constant battle every day. Some people have way more anxiety than some other people. But it's a constant battle every day that you have to fight and that you have to overcome and that you can overcome. You just have to trust God. You just have to. That's all you have to do. Submit your problems to God and trust God. You have to fight those negative thoughts, those negative energies, those negative vibes with positive vibes, and you have to realize that you are bigger than any situation that comes at you. You have the power every day to submit all of your worries to God, all of your anxieties to God, and you have the power to live a happy life, to live a worry-free life. You have the power. God gave you that power. We tried to take that power away from ourselves in the Garden of Eden when we made that first mistake and we tried to take on problems that only God can take on. That's pretty much it that I have for this week, but um, the challenge of the week that I thought was very interesting um, is sort of a media audit is what they call it, where just think about think about the recording the amount of time that you spend on TV or if you are on your cell phone. If you're on your cell phone, obviously there. If you have an iPhone, there's a feature where you can check your screen time, and just compare that amount of time that you spend listening to with the amount of time that you spend listening to Christian music or uh, going to church or reading your Bible or talking to a friend um, about something spiritual, something that will help you on this road if you're dealing with anxiety or worry. Um, and then, you know, evaluate the numbers. If I'm spending <clears throat> five hours a day on my cell phone, on um, various apps, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, but I'm spending 10 minutes at the end of the night reading some sort of daily devotional or this Core 52 15-minute daily um, Bible guide, um, which, which would you say has an advantage over your mind? Because I'm, I'm, and like I said, I'm not preaching this because I'm just as guilty. I'm completely guilty. I'm on my phone way more than I read any of this stuff. And, uh, but it, it's, it's something that I'm trying to become, um, ever increasingly aware about and trying to realize like what I can really do in my daily life to, to set, the proper safeguards in place so that whenever you do come upon a situation that gets you down, that when you do come upon a situation that creates this worry, this anxiety, that you have the ability to better prepare yourself um, and fight that off. You know, just like, just like in the story of Noah, um, he knew he knew something was coming. The flood. He knew the flood was coming. An issue was coming. And will you heed that call? And will you prepare? Or will you not and take the risk of, you know, just not, not being, being as strong at, through it as you should be. But um, I, I really hope you guys enjoy this. Um, I'm not the end-all, be-all authority in any of this stuff. But uh, these are just some thoughts that I had that I uh, hope that <clears throat> can help everybody in some way or another. Or at the end of the day, maybe at least help you know what not to think. <laughs> So uh, I, I really hope you did enjoy. If you enjoy um, these little special 
30 to 40 minute releases that I'm going to try to do as often as I can. Um, please, please share, please like, please, um, tell a friend about the podcast. It it just helps me. It, It helps me with my own confidence, um, to see views. It helps me to be more motivated that people are continuing to listen and, um, to motivate me to basically just put out better products. So, uh, once again, I thank you guys for everything. Um, just stay, just stay positive guys. Stay happy, stay positive, try to do the best that you can do and realize that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all in the same situation. We all have our own issues. And, uh, if you just, just submit those issues to God and ask for help and ask for forgiveness and that's all we can do. Thanks for listening.